Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is Tuesday. I'll hook them up with Ian Rod B. We'll get uh, the latest from the Moody Center last night. Longhorns. It's not something we're going to put in the uh, the Louvre or anything. It wasn't pretty. It was a win, though, for the Longhorns last night uh, over, uh, over Kansas State. So uh, Rod will have his first rant. Some drama involving the Cowboys, it sounds like. When is it their drama involving the Cowboys? They love the drama. They like TNT. They love it. They love the drama. Oh, they love it. Hey, Rod, we were talking about Des Bryant and his uh, big uh, 13-leg parlay that he hit over the weekend. Yeah, man. And gambling, and Ty's a big gambler. You know, the, the gambling, uh, the word gambling used to be kind of a negative word, a d- dirty word. Now it's become more and more commonplace. To this point, you know, you've uh, you've opined your candy cigarette theory for a for, uh, mm-hmm. long time about the NFL oh, and how yeah. they uh, you know trying to be in, in favor of the kids. How about this? You know, candy cigarettes, back in the day, I remember them. used to have them. I remember them. them, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, they we were, were good. They were good, actually. It was just bubble gum, but it you know, taught kind of kids can kind of act like their parents who were smoking without smoking mm-hmm. oh, and man. introduce them to the whole concept. It was brilliant. Have you heard of, uh, of an app called Fliff? F-L-I-F-F? No. Fliff? I don't know what that is. Here we go. Well, it's candy cigarettes for gambling, essentially. Um, Fliff is a uh, not a traditional sports book. It's a social sports book where gamblers as young as 12 years old, hmm. or 13, I should say, 13 years old, can get online and get on the app and actually bet and make bets with virtual currency. They're not betting with money. They're just learning to bet. Yeah. They're learning to bet uh, at Fliff. Wow. And it's raising red flags with folks. Wait a second. Um, now, there's nothing illegal about it. No, um, it's virtual the, currency. But the apps advocate and warn. Um, but essentially, you can groom underage people, train them how to make parlays, how to do teasers, how to do over-unders and those kind of things. And it's it's raising some red flags. But, yeah, it's called Fliff. It's a popular mobile app uh, put it put in place by the gaming, you know, oh, yeah. world. Um, I'm and, not surprised. And on the weekend, in the, they, they looked at it for the NFL Conference Championship games two weeks ahead of the Super Bowl. Over 200,000 bets were made on that one weekend by, uh, by, by young kids. people. Yeah, by kids, essentially. Yeah, I mean. It's a kids' betting app. Well, I'm sure all the sports leagues love it, too. Oh, right? man, for sure. Because uh, you know, people, they've shown the numbers, at least uh, these studies have shown, that people who bet are more committed to watching. That's for they, sure. The people who bet on something, they're going to watch. Nobody really bets on anything. It's like, all right, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm just going to bet on it. Some people may do that, but for the most part, uh, they've, they've done the studies. And that's why March Madness. Is a big thing because essentially you guys are betting on March Madness. That's why y'all watching. Y'all a lot of bracket. Y'all don't give a damn about college basketball any other month of the year, and you really never will. But when you're betting on it, damn it, even grandma's like, "Hey, go team, go team!" Everybody's betting on it because you know that's kind of it's it's casual betting. It's one of those things where it's that's that's considered acceptable, and it wasn't taboo, even though it is. Fantasy football is the same thing. Um, so these kids actually have been betting. They've just been doing it in fantasy football realm. 
and that's not considered betting either, but it actually is betting. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the, the, oh man, the candy cigarette is, is a brilliant theory, and it works. Trust me. That's why they stopped selling those damn things. Well, that's what you wonder. I mean, I don't think you can shut this down. Yeah, but. that's why the cartoon, the cartoon images of the cigarette uh, mascot, they get, now you can't do that, man. Kids love that stuff. Yeah. Kids love Joe Camel. <laughs> Gotta cut that out. Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, there's a lot of different examples of it. This one is for sure. I know no, it's uh, definitely it. Uh, Fliff is what that's called. Yeah, if you uh, are, are are paying attention, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it, because it's you know it operates with little or to interference from state or federal authorities. It's nobody's it's, no money changing hands. Fake, yeah, it's fake money. Yeah, it's fake money. Fake until, money until it's real money. In fact, until they get some real money, yeah, and then they won't be on Fliff anymore, and they get old enough, and they can they'll go bet on something on some actual app somewhere. Oh no, it's it's brilliant. It's it's a little twisted and demented, but that's getting your kids hooked early is that is now the goal of every corporation, people. So it's not just that's not just the betting industry. Well, they're all they're all time. trying to get they're all trying to get your kids hooked as early as possible. That you have to buy it, then they already have a built-in. Uh, customer base that's growing up and thriving. That's every corporation. That's not just sports. So well, deal with it. That's what social media is all well, about. Well, why, why do you think McDonald's used uh, you know Happy Ronald McDonald yeah, and all the exactly, all the characters exactly. to lure to uh, attract oh, young kids? Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, like the cartoons yeah. that they watch. Tale is old this time. Oh yeah, yes for sure. it is. <laughs> well, keep that in mind. If you're a parent out there, there is yeah. an app called Fliff. Uh, try to keep your kids away from it, at least for as long as possible. <laughs> yes. That's just, wow, that's crazy. Fliff. Never thought I'd see it, but it makes sense. And I bet it's like, oh, I bet the imaging on it is just overstimulation. It's like, me, like all these, like, yes. oh, man. I bet in terms of the sensory and then the audio, I bet it's And then when you win. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just overstimulation, stimulation. Oh, yeah, just, I, they, trust me, they know what they do. The algorithm, the algorithms work. They work. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. All right, let's get to uh, the actual top stories of the morning. Rod's going to get a rant for us coming up. We've got a lot going on. It's a Tuesday on Hook'em Up. <laughs> top Gun Reynolds and Lonica will bring you the top stories. We start with Texas hoops. And, yes, we say certainly one thing of beauty last night, but in a big Monday home tilt that they absolutely had to have last night, the Longhorns held on for a 62-56 win over K-State at the Moody Center. Both defenses and actually poor shooting dominating the night. It was Dylan DeSue that led Texas to this victory. Senior forward from Pflugerville scored 20 points, including four big free throws down the stretch and a dunk in the final 36 seconds to help the Horns improve to 17-9 overall. They're 6-7 and seven in conference play this year. Major props to fellow senior Max Acemas last night, the senior from Dallas, the uh, Oral Roberts transfer. Scored just eight points, but a foul line jumper he hit with 14 minutes to go in the second half took him over 13,000 career points. He is just the third player in Division I men's history now to record both 3,000 points and 500 assists. Next up for Texas, a trip to Lawrence, Kansas, this Saturday afternoon to face the ninth-ranked Jayhawks. The fifth-ranked Texas women are back in action tomorrow night. They're on a six-game heater. They will host Texas Tech tomorrow at Moody. Also last night in the Big 12, a top 10 matchup down in H-Town. Uh, Mainers' Jamal Shedd, tremendous. The senior guard scored 20 of his game-high 26 in the second half to lead second-ranked Houston to a 73-65 win over sixth-ranked Iowa State. That moves Kelvin Sampson's Cougars into sole possession of first place atop the Big 12 at 10-3. and three. In baseball, early season continues tonight for the 16th-ranked Longhorns. They welcome Houston Christian to the disc for a midweek tilt. First pitch set for 6:30. Also tonight, unbeaten Texas State will travel to Fort Worth to face TCU. In racing, at long last, the Daytona 500 once again belongs to Hendrick Motorsports. William Byron took the checkered flag at the rain-delayed Great American Race yesterday evening after taking the lead on a restart with four laps to go. Win snaps a nine-race losing streak for the team at Hendrick. The last Hendrick driver to win the Daytona 500 was Dale Earnhardt Jr. back in 2014. 
Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, Texas basketball with an ugly win. U-G-L-Y um, kind of win, but uh, it's a win, and they got to keep winning. Um, doesn't really matter how they do it. And, you know, Dylan DeSue at this point, I mean, I don't see how he's not a first-team all-Big 12 selection. And if he continues on this pace, I mean, he is their go-to guy. I mean, that guy just fills up the stat sheet. He's impactful on both ends of the floor. When they need a bucket, he's the bucket. Um, he really is. I mean, he's the he's he's the the catalyst, and he is the you know the 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 start you know kind of the, the starter kit for them. He gets things going. He's the mojo. He's the identity of this basketball team. It's just really kind of where Dylan DeSue goes. Uh, Twenty points, eight rebounds, two assists, three steals at a block. Uh, that guy's unbelievable. Yeah, and um, you know he, he's he's the the consistent performer for Texas. Uh, the guard play kind of comes and goes. Dylan Mitchell's play kind of comes and goes. Uh, the two things that are consistent with this team is uh, is Dylan DeSue, and then the effort and the energy you get from Kendall Weaver uh, on a night by night basis. And he That's doesn't. You know, those two guys are are as consistent as now. Kendall Weaver took the the cheap shot last night from Ames for Iowa State. So I was pretty, pretty surprised there wasn't kind of a dust up happened right in front of the Texas bench. Um, but, you know, cooler heads prevailed in that situation. But those are really the two things that you, you really can count on. You talked about earlier what, what's the identity of this team. You, you know, it, you, can, you can count on those two things. Um, uh, last two games, even they've gone one and one, Max Aismas and Tyrese Hunter, your backcourt have, have not shot the ball well. Oh. Uh, they've been pretty ugly. They were again last night. This is one of those games, Rod, where slow start. only thing uglier than the second half was the first half. Yeah. I mean, oh, it was man. it was really because <laughs> you would it, say high level off, um, defense, but really it was just bad offense in a lot of cases, just missing they, shots. They seemed tired. Both teams seemed a little tired uh, coming off. Uh, well, at least Texas coming off that U of H game. Well, I mean, you know, but they had the week off last week, you know, so they I don't it's think true. they have any excuse to have tired legs. They, they you know, yes, it's it's two games in in three days, but at the same time they didn't play at all the whole last week, and now they're off until the Kansas game, so they better have fresh legs in, in Lawrence coming up Saturday. They better. But um, and I, now the question is, is it tired legs, or is it just when they play, and we knew this about this Texas team before the season even started, they, they have a smallish backcourt. I mean, Tyrese Hunter goes six foot. Max Aismas, they say he's six foot, but he's not. He's, not. he's probably 5'10". Um, you know, they're smallish in the backcourt, and Houston and K-State have long, long guards, athletic guards, long-arm guards that are going to give those guys trouble. And I think we've seen that throughout the Big 12's race. I mean, Max Aismas is still a really good player. And, gosh, congratulations. We shouldn't minimize. I mean, th- three players all time in Division One basketball have gone to 3,000 points and 500 assists. That's pretty incredible. That is. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, a, that's rarefied air for Max. But, you know, those two guys have been, been struggling the last two, week, two, two games. And that's the thing. If they, th- this team, we've seen them uh, when they beat Baylor uh, or when they've you know, won some of their big games on the road. When the guards play well, with Dylan DeSue now uh, as the go-to guy, they're a really they're a tough out. They're a tough team to beat. But if the guards are off and, and you only have Dylan DeSue and you're not sure what you're going to get from Dylan Mitchell, it, it can be, we can see like it was last night. And to find a way to win that game yeah. was huge for them to get a W at home. Yeah, because they really kind of played K-State style of play. Um, they, they, you know, they, they have a tough time. They're, you know, dictating the terms of some of these games and dictating the tempo. But, and I think a lot of that is based on the guard play. Uh, the slow start by the guards with Aismas and Tyrese Hunter. I mean, ultimately, that's that slow start. It really puts the uh, the offense in a hole. 
um, offensively, and all they have is Dylan DeSue. So they got to get better starts from their guards. They got to get better play overall, consistent play from the guards. Uh, in that first half, I mean, they were one of seven, Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus. That is uh, in the Big 12, that, that will get you beat night after night. Which yeah. guards well, play? I mean, in the tournament, it's all about guard play too. Hundred percent. They got to get better there. And as you said, get them into your style. I mean, K State is the best team in the league, and in you know, teams against K State shoot the lowest percentage in the Big Twelve. So they like ugly yeah, basketball. They're not offensively gifted at K State for Jerome Tang, but man, they just they try to d you up. They try to muck up the game and get it into a game like it was last night. And that's why if you're Texas uh, Texas fan, don't get too discouraged. You, you know, they they, they drug you into their style of fight. And you still want it. Yeah, so, exactly. That's and, that's growth right there. And it's because of Dylan DeSue and what he did in the final, you know, minute of, that, of the basketball game. Hitting. I mean, the other thing we probably don't say enough, I mean, Dylan DeSue is a kind of a go-to guy. He's a three-level scorer, but he's, I should say, four-level scorer because he makes free throws. He does. He makes foul shots. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams, I mean, you, you, you can rely on him to go to the line and make big foul shots, which a lot of times with a big man, you're not always sure. Uh, but with this young guy, you, you certainly get that. So props to him, props to Max Asmus, props to the Longhorns. We get a win. Yeah. No, that was uh, – you're right. That, once again, man, a showcase performance by Dylan Sue, though. He's, Dylan Sue has proven that he is uh, consistent. There's no doubt about it. Each and every night, no matter what game plan a team has for him, he's shown that he can score in a number of ways. And I love that he, he just affects the game on both ends of the floor. Um, on offense and defense, he's just as valuable on each end of the floor for Texas. So he's the real MVP right now, uh, and he's their go-to guy, and he's showing up each and every night in the clutch. So give it up for Dylan DeSue. Um, all right, and we get to uh, the the rant. I got some sound. Okay, apparently there's a there's there's a good story for the Cowboys, and then there's some drama that is developing for the Cowboys. We'll get into both of them because I'll give you the good and the bad. All right, well let's is do that, that right now. Let's get to news. Rod's first rant of a Tuesday. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so I sent Ty a lot of sound. So, uh, and Ty already got it pulled up, so I appreciate Ty working hard for us. Okay, so first let's play the Jimmy Johnson audio because apparently Jimmy Johnson broke some news that I, was, I wasn't aware of, and it, a lot of Cowboys fans are really excited about it. Um, so here is uh, Jimmy Johnson, who is now uh, in the ring of honor. So, but he was on with uh, 560 um in miami i'm assuming it says he was on 560 um the wqam and he was talking to i believe joe rose about his induction and he he dropped this little nugget here's jimmy johnson well (laughs) since the ring of honor jerry and i man i'm on his advisory board now we're talking on the phone (laughs) I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and, you know, he's talking about what all he needed to do because he's got, had big decisions on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Uh, so, But everything's hunky-dory now, so I'm, I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Well, uh, What are your thoughts? See, how about that? Jimmy Johnson now advising Jerry Jones. And, by the way, shout out to Jerry Jones. Didn't make it a big story. 
He didn't, I mean, I, you had to go grab that from, you know, a radio, just a local radio interview from Jimmy Johnson. It kind of made the rounds, but I don't know. I, I didn't even know he had an advisory board, so I don't, I, now I want to know who's on the advisory board. But at least he's, he's talking to Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson is advising Jerry Jones. It's, that can only be a good thing. That can only be a great thing. Yeah, that can only be good. And I'm surprised that, like I said, Jerry Jones didn't make a big deal. I've seen there's a lot of Cowboys talking right now, and a lot of Cowboy stories, negative and positive. Some of them positive. This is a positive one. Um, but I'm surprised Jerry Jones didn't make some I don't know, media event out of it or try to get a headline or make, you know, make it something we can gain publicity from it. No, Jerry Jones did it quietly, and it's just talking to football guys. I that's growth from Jerry Jones. That's growth. I gotta well, tell you, it doesn't go outside their circle that often. It That's growth, as we know of, that we know of. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Jerry, Jimmy's kind of in the circle, right? He's in the Ring of Honor. He's in the circle now, um, man. And maybe there's amends been made, and uh, between the Hall of Fame induction and now the I Ring of Honor induction. I love that. I like it. I, I do. I, props I, to Jerry. Yeah, I mean that is a seeking pro- outside counsel is a good thing. That is especially great. If someone as sharp as uh, Jimmy Johnson. Should have been happening, you know, years ago. But hey, man, better late than never. Okay, so apparently there also may be some beef brewing in the Cowboys' locker room. We've played each of these pieces of audio, um, but now in a different context because uh, there is a rumor. Right? There is a, uh, right now there's a theory that there is beef going on between Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Oh, and boy. they've taken shots at each other publicly. We'll determine whether that's the case or not. Let's first hear the audio. So, Ty, would you please bring up the YouTube clip of Demarcus Lawrence? Now, E, you played this earlier, and we focused on the fatigue element, right? Demarcus Lawrence implies that the reason they lost the Green Bay Packers because they were just fatigued. Dead legs. Uh, uh, yes. Long time. Um, but within that clip, there are some people that believe that Demarcus Lawrence took a shot at Michael Parsons. Let's hear the clip, please, uh, Ty, and then we can discuss it after. Here's Demarcus Lawrence. This is uh, right after the Cowboys lost to Green Bay about a, know, about a it's probably two two weeks ago or something like that, two three weeks ago. Um, but here is Demarcus Lawrence. Honestly, I think the main thing is who's burned out, man. Uh, you know, long season um, team dominantly healthy throughout the season. You know, um, the legs get tired, but also. Um, you know, you got to give hats off to Green Bay, man. They came out with a great game plan, um, you know, rolling out towards Micah and then running away from me. I feel like, you know, that's that's what they needed to, you know, get their game started, and they jumped on us fast. And What about adjustments? Okay. So we focused on the fact that it was ridiculous for him to claim that they were fatigued. That's why he lost the game. Like everybody's fatigued. He <laughs> played 17-game season. Um um, and we'll hear from Micah Parsons in a second. But the second part of that clip where he says they rode out toward Micah and they ran away from me. And the I guess the implication would be they ran to Micah. Basically, they ran at Micah. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. But that's what he implied. Now, they, they were running at Micah. They ain't running at me. All right. They rolled. They rolled. They rolled. They rolled the pocket to Micah. And then they ran at Micah, which. They did. They did. We talked about this. It was like, no, as you basically turn him into a liability as a run defender when you're throwing the football, he may be the most impactful defensive player in the league because he's just a pass rusher. But if you just run at Micah, he is an average to below average run defender. And that's something he's got to get better at. That's what Green Bay turned him into, and that's why the power running, the power run element works really well versus the Cowboys. Do we think Demarcus Lawrence was taking a shot at Michael Parsons. Uh, Intentionally, unintentionally? 
or was he just stating what he observed? Yeah. That they were running at my, they were running away from me, and they were rolling the pocket to Michael. Well, I mean, it, it's not a breaking news. It's what the teams did to them all year, right? When you go all the way back to Arizona. Uh, when they ran right at Micah Parsons and, you know, kind of they, lim- did. they limit his speed by running right at him and yeah. get a bigger body on him. Uh, you know, you, you, if you're Micah Parsons, you could hear that and, and find find concern with it or, or an issue with it. Um, at the same time, you know, it's not it's not wrong. <laughs> it's not a wrong state, but I can understand Micah Parsons hearing that and being going, what? Hey, what? Come on, Tank. Uh, yeah. And, okay, so what let's – What are you up in my business for? Uh, okay, so, Ty, let's hear Michael Parsons' response when he was speaking to Stephen A. about Demarcus Lawrence's comments that the Cowboys were fatigued and now with a different kind of uh, – with a different perception, potentially, of these comments, his audio. Let's hear from Michael Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence came off first take Super Bowl week. Their show on ESPN every week. They won 10 and 12. He comes on the show, and he said – Guys might have been a little tired. He said, because so much is expected of us. Every game is like somebody's super. So we go through stuff that most teams don't go through. And I think that guys were a little bit fatigued. When you heard he said that, what were your thoughts? Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you said it to someone else, you know what I'm saying? One-on-one, you know what I'm saying? Cameras off, sure, be my guest. But what I feel like, once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change, like, it, it it should never you should never go into a game like I'm tired like I'm ready like I'm ready to go home because that's what's exactly gonna happen and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like man I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got but I got four more weeks left. Like that's part of culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like that I would like that's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like regular season, ah right, yeah I'm tired like I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, knowing how limited and how Hard it is to win in playoff game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never say I'm tired or I. I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. All right. So it's it's the the now I guess some people are saying that you know that message by uh, that response by Micah that now that they may have some I don't know some legitimate beef between one another and that they. You know, if they got a problem with each other and they got a problem with the mentality uh, that these are the two leaders on defense, they need to settle it. So, I don't know. I don't know if there's beef or not, but there are people that believe that they are taking shots at each other in the media. I don't because they're in the media a lot too. They're in the media the a lot. Part. They talk a lot. Like <laughs> they that doesn't. A lot. You could have. You, you know, he could have. He could have avoided. I mean, uh-huh. he's he, he's avoided. By the way, Michael's avoided stuff like that before. We talked about the Jesse Holly thing. He chose not to even address it. He's like, I'm not addressing that, even though those were very, you know, specific uh, criticisms that you know Jesse Holly had about the football character of Micah. Micah didn't address it. Uh, you know the. His, you know, his brother was, you know, talking uh, about, you know, Micah and how the how the the Cowboys utilize him, and he didn't really respond to. It. So he didn't respond to everything. 
Um, but he did respond to this. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, Mike Zimmer's coming in to run the defense. He brings a bit of an ass-kicker attitude. And, he does. Uh, no nonsense, which it leads right now. You know, G- Jerry's leaning on Jimmy Johnson maybe for some advice. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy would settle that. Always. Jimmy would get that settled. Yeah, Jimmy okay, would get guys. that settled. Yeah, you guys, don't be, don't be taking shots to each other in the media. Go, go face-to-face. Let's talk about it. Get it out of the way. Clear yeah. the air. Well, you we know, shouldn't hear about this drama. I hate honestly. to make it the 30 years ago argument, but you know Jimmy Johnson was famous. He, I mean, he would cut players just to make a point, right? Cut good players. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had the stick. Mm-hmm. This has always been my argument with Jimmy Johnson or with Jerry Jones. The, Mike McCarthy doesn't have the stick. Jerry has the stick. Yeah. The coach doesn't have the stick. I agree with that. And that has always, for me, led to the lack of chain of command and the lack of, of leadership ability for the head coach, that everyone knows who the boss is. Like, the stick belongs to Jerry. You mean Jay? As Michael calls him? Jay? Yeah, Jay. Right, Jay? exactly. Hey, what's up, Jay? Who we talked about in that, other, in that interview <laughs> with Stephen A. Smith. He sat in the owner's booth with Jerry for the whole Super Bowl. Yeah. And his, Jerry got his buddies some tickets to the Super Bowl to sit in the box, and they talk. I mean, they don't go to Mike McCarthy to, to sort out details like you would with most coaches, right? Yeah. You know, if you're in Houston, you got an issue, you go to D'Amico Ryans. If you're, you know, you, this is where you go. Dan Campbell in Detroit I'm looking at right now. That's the guy that, 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 that handles business in the locker room. Jerry handles the Cowboys' business in the locker room. Yes, he does. This is a problem. Yeah. This is a problem. <laughs> this is why, you know, you're either even further lame-ducking Mike McCarthy, who's got no new contract for next year. What, what, what's, you know, how is he, you know, Mike Zimmer can try to come in and sort out some issues if you do have an issue in your locker room on defense. But to me, that's always been a huge problem with the, with, because we know who yeah. signs the checks. We know who the boss is. You should empower those you hire yes. uh, and delegate authority to. And Jerry doesn't often do that. He often, you know. He blurs the line. He usurps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He, you're right about that. Yeah. That's a good point. He's the commonality. He's the common denominator there that's been there that long. So you want to talk about the culture of the Cowboys and why they're a TV show. By the way, the number one yeah. TV star in the number one TV show in America, that's the Dallas Cowboys. But this is why they stay there. Because well, the drama. We- well, well, typically, I mean, that we shouldn't have access to. We shouldn't even know about this. Right, drama. exactly. <laughs> Rod, you, you play in the league. But for, for me, in any, any industry, you know, if, if – a player goes to the general manager and says, look, i got this beef with so-and-so. Go talk to your coach. Go talk to the coach. Yeah. Uh, He's you the one If you go to the owner, yeah. he says, go talk to the coach. Yeah. You know, the co- you know, that's why I pay the coach. That's what he's here for. Uh, he coaches the team. Um, not the case in Dallas because uh, you go to Jerry, and you, that's where you air, air right. your grievances. That's true. Um, it's always so. been the case. It's always been the case. We'll come back. Good stuff right there. Cowboys drama in February. Uh, they, we've got some actual uh, decision drama for the Cowboys. We'll tell you about coming up involving one of their best players. We'll get you details on that on the other side. Also, today is the day where franchise tags can begin being placed on players. Transition tags, who's likely to get it and not. We'll talk more about that. Also, the Longhorns with a nice basketball win last night. They get to 6-7 uh, and seven in the Big 12. We're talking about all those issues. Plus, bullish or BS for the end of the hour on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Ty as well. We'll do some bullish or BS for the top of the hour. We're talking NFL and the Cowboys drama. Apparently Jimmy Johnson now yeah. advising Jerry Jones, which is a good thing. It's a great thing. Uh, what will he advise them on Tyron Smith? We'll ask you about that here coming up. But uh, I want to play it again, Rod. It's just once an hour i got to hear this. Oh, this is beautiful. Because uh, one of the big uh, pressing, several of the big pressing conversations around NFL free agency will come out of Tampa Bay. Yeah. Where the report from Rick Stroud of the Tampa Tribune is that they're going to franchise tag Antoine Winfield, their Pro Bowl safety. 
And that would, unless they get deals done, make Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield free agents. Likely, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Baker Mayfield coming off his best season, won a playoff game, uh, was a pro bowler. I mean, uh, you know, he, he would have a market in a quarterback-starved league uh, for sure, the former Lake Travis Cavalier. And Mike Evans, certainly, with 10 consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, um, you know, stays healthy. That guy can actually will actually have a big market, maybe even down in Houston. <laughs> but uh, Jameis Winston, I don't even know where this interview came from. I don't even know. It's I, gold. I, I, Pardon you, my but, take. Pardon my take. Oh, is that a barstool thing? It's yeah. Sure. It's number one sports podcast in the okay, world. Okay, there we go. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Pardon my take. There you go. All right. Well, let's hear this because here's Jameis Winston talking about his buddy Mike Evans, who could be a free agent, and uh, this is his theory on people who grow up near water. Grow up near water. <laughs> they're just a different breed. So uh, I think Texas receivers. They just. I feel like they're they're different. But Mike is different. Mike is from from Galveston. I, I, I always I always tell this to people. And this is something that me and uh, my trainer talk about a lot. If you are born around water, uh, you have a different way of life. You function differently. And I just, I just feel like you function differently because water, like, water has no soul. You know, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. You get in that water, it's going to take you wherever it goes. Yeah. So I feel like people that are around water, they are very strong will. They're one with water, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And Mike is from Galveston. If you've been to Galveston, Galveston is known for, you know, I don't know what they're known for because I'm not from there, but I know they have a beach, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? And it's, it's not a pretty beach. No, you they're know? for oil. There's, uh, it's some of the dirtiest sand in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's not a pretty beach, yes. so Mike is from that muck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It might be oil muck, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But it's still muck. So, uh, so he, he, he's a little different. I don't, I don't classify him as, like, the regular Texas receivers. The, uh, but C.D. Lamb is a Texas receiver, and I know he had a dominating year. Mm-hmm. There you go. Wow. You so know what? Many, so many little nuggets in oh, there that man. I don't Water understand. Water has no soul. That is deep right there, man. Y'all ain't, no y'all ain't picking up how deep he is. Yeah, Water's got no soul. He's deep on that one. That's deep. That's ain't going to lie. That was pretty deep right there. Yeah. What did uh, Bruce Lee show say? Be like water. Be like water. Be like water. All right, there you go. Empty your mind. Be formless. I think that's what he was kind of getting at about how deep it is, but I kind of remember that mind of that Bruce Lee be, quote. I think you might be overthinking, James. I think he was be trying formless. to be profound, and he kept trying to – Shapeless like water. He wasn't water. really sure what he was trying to say, and he kept trying yeah. to be pro- – here's, here's Bruce Lee. Be like water, making its way through cracks. Do not be assertive, but adjust to the object, and you shall find a way around or through it. If nothing within you stays rigid, outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Deep. So you're just you're not giving James enough props, man. He's deep. He's existential on y'all. Come on. I don't know. Get advanced of props. Be like water. It has no soul. Well, I don't, I don't no know what soul. it's known for because I've never been there. But Galveston's <laughs> different. <laughs> It's different. People, uh, I think he was just trying to say that Jameis is a different, or that Mike Evans is a different cat. People from Galveston are different, though. I, I know people from Galveston. Oh, yeah. You do too. They they are different. I mean, that's Casey Hampton's a Galveston ball guy. Galveston ball's got great athletes, but they got a, they have a very hard exterior. A lot of the, the Galveston guys. That's what he was talking about. Like they, maybe, maybe you know, yeah. it's it's a different place. It's an island, you know. It's I mean, an ugly beach. It's an I mean, ugly, it's, you're from an ugly beach. That's that's a different lifestyle. It's an ugly beach. Yeah. Well, I mean. Grow up by water. A lot of people can grow up by water. He grew up on an island. Yeah, so, I mean, you're that surrounded is by water. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. That's, that's that could point. be different. Maybe that's what he's mean. Maybe it's something like that. You could be right about that. 
Wow. <laughs> this is, that was a nipple-deep conversation. <laughs> hey, so, um, uh, so hey, yes. Jameis, I don't know if he's uh, always in, trying to be funny intentionally, but intentionally or unintentionally, oh, he's, he's, one the, he's one of the funniest football, like NFL players I've ever seen. He's just – he's always – he's hilarious. He's hilarious. They got to put him on TV. I, give, him, give him a reality TV show if they don't do anything with him. Just give him a camera. I think a lot of it's unintentional, but it's very funny. I like think you're right. I don't know if he's trying to be – he's like he's like LeBron. He's unintentionally – like an unintentional villain. I always say LeBron. LeBron isn't trying to be a villain. He just says things that – Really annoy people. Yeah, <laughs> Even right. when he was, he recently said, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have a farewell tour. If I want to do a Kobe thing, was well, so like, you know, you've thought about this, LeBron. You know, you know exactly what you want to do. But either way, yes, I, I agree. He's unintentionally funny. He's Un- hilarious. Tremendous. I like hearing that on a Tuesday. Uh, here is the Tyron Smith, uh, Tyron Smith question. We told you if you missed yesterday because you were out for President's Day. Tyron Smith, according to Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News, and now uh, Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Uh, the, the, the Tyron Smith at 33 years old, coming off a second-team All-Pro season, is not considering retirement, which some wondered. And uh, so that will make it a decision for the Cowboys, either to try to re-sign their franchise left tackle, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, Rod. Yeah. Or let him go. Uh, that becomes their question, right? He, he's 33. He hasn't played in every game since 2015. Yeah. He's missed 23 games over the last three seasons due to various ailments. Yeah. Uh, including a hamstring tear in training camp in 2022. But coming off, um, you know, this year was one of his best years. Uh, Second-team All-Pro, Rod. Uh, a, lot of people th- a lot of people thought it would be Laramie Tunsil in Houston that would be the second-team All-Pro. How many games did he play this last season? I think he only missed two games this year. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, so, and look, I mean, the Cowboys selected him in the top ten back in 2011. He's been five times an All-Pro, his longest-tenured Cowboy and he plays an important position. He's he plays the, a really important He's the left tackle. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we know a couple of years ago the Cowboys drafted Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, um, you, know, as he, you know, as potentially the heir apparent to Tyron Smith. Yeah. Uh, he's been playing guard, but has played some tackle when Tyron's been out. And you wonder if the Cowboys say, you know what, uh, let's go ahead and let Tyron hit the market, you know, get him his goal watch and say thanks for your service and let him yeah. go uh, because they do have other cap issues and they have other needs, Rod. So I, what would be your general manager hat on the Tyron Smith decision? Short-term deal. If I can get him on a mercenary deal, I take it. I get maybe a, a two-year deal with a one-year option to get out of it um, if I don't like it because he missed four games last season. Um, and then before that in 2022, I mean, he missed with 13 games. Yeah. Um, and then he did. 2021, he missed, what, five games? So, I mean, last year he did play uh, 13, so that, that's quite, I mean, that for, a, for an offensive lineman of his age, it was he 33 going on 34 years old. That actually is a lot of games because you'd probably keep him out of a couple of games because he gets nicked up here and there. I would try to re-sign him to a short-term deal. I would. He sounds, he sounds like he'll give you a hometown discount too. Yeah. Um, and you need – and I would still draft Offensive lineman. I think a lot of the mocks I have have uh, the mocks I've seen. I should say have the Cowboys taken an offensive lineman in the first round. We saw a three round mock yesterday. We went through Cowboys were taking two offensive linemen and a running back in the first three rounds, which wouldn't be crazy. I know that's yeah. not sexy, but and they could even be interior offensive linemen, right? Yes, when they you're, could. When you're drafting at 24, where the Cowboys are in the first round, you you know the, the premium players are off the board. Yeah. But but at 24, you may luck into a you know maybe the best guard on the board, right? Or the, the best center on yeah. the board. Yeah, because everything is slid to you, and all of a sudden, okay, the the top four tackles are gone, the top four receivers are gone, all the quarterbacks are off the board. But look, there's the best guard in the draft. 
sitting there right there for you. Uh, so that could be an option. Uh, but, you know, there's also going to be the consideration of letting Tyron Smith go if he won't take the, the deal you're, you're yeah. interested in and letting Tyler Smith walk Agreed. out to go to the left tackle and then drafting that guard we're talking about. So we'll see. Decisions made. I mean, this, is a, this is a Hall of Fame player. Uh, the Cowboys have to make a decision on the fact that he does want to keep playing, and we'll be back. We'll take your thoughts on that uh, from the Cowboys side of things. Uh, as, as the Terrence agency. Steele thing, I think, really uh, – I don't know. I, I think it may make them rethink – their offensive line plan, because I don't know if Terrence still had the year they thought he would have. No, he didn't play great. He didn't play great. And the plan was, hey, Tyler Smith will step up at left tackle, and then we're set at right tackle, and I don't know if that's the case anymore for the Cowboys. Well, that's the, this is my thing for the Cowboys, right, when you hear that Jimmy Johnson is kind of uh, advising Jerry. They have a lot of issues. I mean, you just talk about maybe some drama in their locker room. they got a new defensive coordinator in and new, new defensive staff, yeah. but they need to shore up their run defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to, to improve their linebacker core. That's true. Uh, they, you know, getting DeMarvion Overshown back from, from injury will help that a lot. And if, I don't know what they're going to do with Leighton Vander Esch. They've got to figure that out. But they've got issues. They've got to figure out their offensive line, for not just now but for the future. Obviously, the Dak Prescott situation is pressing. Uh, they've got to find a running back. I mean, because if Tony Pollard's a free agent, where are they going there? That's true. Um, they're going to let him go. I mean, can't, can't sign all of them. Mm-hmm. Then you only have so many draft picks. And then you got some of the the free agents that you got to worry about. Yeah, those I, guys. I mean, this is why this this these past two years were really the window for me for the Cowboys, and I think for a lot of people to make that step to make the run and uh, didn't happen. And now I think they have some real core issues they got to deal with. Well, you got to sign back to an extension number one so you can get your cap issue right. under control, um, which locks you in. But you got you got uh, core offensive line issues when you got to deal with the Tyron Smith. You've got to run it. What's your running back situation? If you're if you're not going to resign Tony Pollard. You're going with Rico Dowdle, or what? You're going to draft somebody? I don't know. I mean, but again, you only have so many draft picks. That's true. To fill yeah. holes, and we talked yesterday. You did, you know, Micah Parsons telling Stephen A. Smith, "We need a big three thirty war daddy in the middle." Well, where are you getting that? <laughs> I thought you just drafted Mozzie Smith. He was that, and they wanted him to lose weight, so maybe they put the weight back on, and he's their nose tackle, the nasty nose they need. Yeah, I mean, they, they have. I'm not saying the Cowboys don't have some really nice pieces. I know they had nine All Pros, but. They also have some pretty core issues at key positions. Yeah, and their draft class last year wasn't. It didn't bring it, much. It didn't. Yeah, exactly. It didn't have that immediate impact. Yeah, I mean, you love that you have C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson as young, talented players. You've got, you know, you got some core pieces. Yeah, yeah. and Stephon you know, Trevon Diggs will come back. Michael Parsons and, and Tank Lawrence. I get it, but man, some core issues and. There's only so much room under the cap, and there's only so much many draft picks you can make just to fill those holes. They got to hit on them. That's the friend because you know yeah. um, those are those are core issues for me, big picture for the Cowboys is they you know, in the hierarchy of the of the NFC right now. We'll talk about it with you, Cowboys on the brain as we hit that time of year, right? Uh, the the transition and uh, transitional season in the NFL ahead of league year opening in mid March. We'll dive in there. We'll go some bullish or BS coming back. Uh, we'll take your thoughts on Jameis Winston. Just what was he trying to say about his friend uh, Mike Evans? This says BOI guys, born on island. Galveston people are tough people. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Boi, he might be, he might be on to something there because I think I, we were talking about this at on Texas football. Galveston athletes, they were built different. I remember seeing the Galveston ball guys at track meets, and we played against some Texas City boys when I was I, in high I, school. Hey, I do yeah. think being you know growing up on an island will will shape you differently. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. But I, I, I just like the way Jameis went about water, saying it. Water has no song. He kind of wandered around it. Yeah. <laughs> he from the muck, man. He from that muck. He from that muck. Ain't a pretty beach. Ain't a pretty beach. <laughs> oh, and, man. And I kind of knew where he was going each time, but you're right. It was all over the place. Yeah. And I don't know if he actually had a true direction. Yeah, I love it. He was it. just making random it. observations. <laughs> oh, man. I love I say, I think, he, I think that guy's hilarious. Put it him is. on TV. Please give him a camera. I've watched. All right, we'll be back, right. and hopefully you keep listening. We're going to Bullish or BS coming next on Hook Up With Ian Rodby.
Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook up. Time for Bullish or BS. Rod, pick up the conversation for a moment ago. Uh, bullish on the Cowboys. Mm. What is their what is their biggest offseason need for you? Uh, their biggest oh. offseason need. That is good. Uh, biggest offseason need for the Cowboys. They have a lot. I'm just wondering what the biggest is. West high, too. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to go with run defense, um, whichever way you want to look at it, whether it be solidifying your interior D-line or line getting linebacker help. They right now have an obvious weakness, and it's their rush defense. You can run on the Cowboys. Offensively, I mean, they can – I mean, once they get their offensive line settled, I mean, I think they they're gonna be able to score. I mean, they got a lot of explosive weapons. I'll say running back would be number two for me. Yeah, that would be mine too. Yeah, running back number two. Ty, do you have a biggest offseason need for the Cowboys as we hit that time of year? The offseason about to begin. Um, find a find a real little linebacker and a real running back. There we go. There yeah. You go. No, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, that's rush defense and rushing. Yes, I think they're really the running game, period. Offensively and defense, they got to figure that out. They need to be able to run the ball better, and they need to be able to stop the run. There 100%. You go. That's what they need to focus on in the offseason. A couple of uh, bullish ideas on the text line that says Tim Duncan was an island guy, guys. Grew up swimming in the ocean. There you go. He was a stone cold assassin. Built different, though, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think about the personality of Tim Duncan. Yeah. Still, it is a very. No, no, I, unique. I, I understand what Jameis Winston was trying to say. I just don't. I just love the way he meandered his way around to saying it. It was because he started with the Texas thing, <laughs> yeah. right? And then he got into the, the island thing and then the water thing. And yeah, trust me, no, it, we got to play that again. Every time we hear it, I hear something different. I'm oh, like, it's too good. And I have a different interpretation like of what he's thinking. It's like a great piece of art, right? Yeah, Every time exactly. you look at it, you're like, huh. It reminded me I of, didn't notice that last time. It reminded time. me of the Bruce Lee quote the second time I heard it so I don't know what the hell I'm gonna hear the third time we'll do it again next hour uh, all right so uh, how about this bullshit? by the way someone said we, someone needed to produce a podcast with Jameis Winston and Marshawn Lynch oh that would be fantastic for the good of America yes <laughs> that would be so good that really would be I'm thinking about, Talking about some, anything I think about somebody else we can add in there somebody else who's really eclectic like that a very eclectic sports personality like that but you're right that's good Marshawn Lynch and him? Oh, man. That's all. When keeping it real goes wrong. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, how about this one? Uh, Bullish or BS? Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Ooh. And he, he started following Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Bullish or BS? Justin Fields to Atlanta is inevitable. I'm a fan of it. I mean, we talked about Pittsburgh last week because mm-hmm. the uh, betting services had them as the odds favorite to land uh, – Justin Fields. And look, and that's exactly what the Bears want, by the way, just on their side of it, because the more teams involved, the better yeah. the pick. I mean, you may end up with a first-round pick for Justin yeah. Fields. If you get a bidding um, war going. get a bidding war. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see that. I mean, uh, you know, Justin Fields is an upgrade from Desmond Ritter, that's yes, for sure. Yes, Oh, with all those weapons? Um, you know, and, and I'm trying to remember, Raheem Morris hired who? Oh, the Rams passing game coordinator yes, to be the did. offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, from Sean McVay's staff. So, no, I like it. I mean, there's a ton of weapons, and he is a weapon himself. I mean, he, he brings that, that element that, um, you know, you could see some Jalen Hurts kind of things going on with him in that oh, offense yeah. if they if they built it right. You know, the good Jalen Hurts of, of no, two seasons ago. I'm with you. No, you're right. He's got a monster. He's got a cannon of an arm. Yep. And, I mean, he's an elite dual, dual threat QB in terms of his legs, too. Um, you know, in the right system. Uh, and he's had – I mean, he's had so much turnover at – coordinator and play caller there with the Bears. 
Uh, the Bears are a bit of a disaster. Well, let's not forget quarterback development. That would be obviously a homecoming for him too. He's from the state of Georgia. No, uh, oh, yeah, you know, didn't think about yeah, that. I mean, good that point. Would, that'd be a, a that's home a spot point. for him. Maybe like that's that. why he's doing that. He's trying to angle for that to get back home. Hey, because that was it. He and Trevor Lawrence were coming out as the top two quarterback recruits yeah. in the country, and um, rivals even kind of coming up, kind of like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Yeah, uh, they're coming out of the state of California, uh, right. so that would be pretty cool. This says biggest offseason need for the Cowboys: a new general manager, fellas. Well, that's true. That's yeah. every year. That's but they, Will McClay is the de facto general manager, and he's done a really good job actually in terms of the Cowboys were one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. So yes, in title, Jerry Jones is still the GM, and that's why. He's not worried about ever having to walk to Dallas. Nope. Because in title, the title, he is always a GM in title. He'll never relinquish that. But I, I do think the front office for the Cowboys has improved a lot. They're not the, they're not the the clown show they once were, where Jerry would just come in there and just ignore the big board that they had established through three months of scouting. Um, now they actually follow the board. They take t- best talent available. They consider, you know the needs, uh, prioritize that. I think the Cowboys draft really well. This is actually their – this is the season where they shine. Uh, I mean, look at all their, their – te- they're the most homegrown built team in the, in the league. Nobody is built better through the draft than the Cowboys. Everybody else use, uses – now, I, you could argue they don't use every means of talent acquisition like they should. They should do more trades. They should be more aggressive in free agency. They're, they're not because they like the – the, the the value of the draft in terms of that's where you get your 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 most cost effective talent. Uh, agreed, one hundred percent. But again, as we talk about chain of command and you know Jerry no, Jerry's yeah, the yeah. boss you know, as long as that's the case. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because to the texter's point, you're kind of a simple new GM. It really just be for Jerry to be the owner and let everybody else do their jobs. But that's never going to happen. Never. That's that's their biggest off season need never. every off season. No. Hey, Ty Henderson is back from his. Uh, his little trip yesterday, and Ty, you were the one we talked on Friday about the uh, the three point shooting contest in the All Star game and the the uh, the gender challenge, right? The uh, the Steph Curry versus uh, Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu. Uh, were you bullish on that, Ty? What would you what you make of what went on on Saturday? Uh, I didn't actually watch it. Um, oh, but see, we did. I, I I heard a lot about it. It was, it was close. It was she would have been. I saw she would have been in the finals of the actual three point shootout. Yes, so. she would have. She can shoot the mm-hmm. rock. And she stepped back to the NBA line, too. Yeah. See, I didn't wanted. expect that. Yeah, so it, gener- it generated some interest for, for both leagues. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy with the product. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, it, they'll run that back next year. I mean, they'll bring that back. Uh, but the, but the, not, the BS side is what Adam Silver's having to deal with now because Adam Silver, remember, he implored his players to play hard in the, in the, he in the game. He asked his guys, look, man, we, we really need a better showing. And they didn't listen to him. I mean, they played zero defense, and the winning team scored 211 points in the All-Star game. Remember back I – mean, I talked to her yesterday, Rod, about how when I was growing up, the All-Star game was a big deal in the NBA. Now, it I, used to be. It used to be big. But even in the Shaq, Kobe, Iverson days, they would, they would like, put on a show and do all the, the reverse dunks and all that stuff in the first half, and then they'd actually play the second half to win, right? Yeah. They would actually buckle down okay, and Pete. try to win the game. Yeah. I don't even know why we can't get to that at this point. They need to. I mean, I, mean, I think the MLB should go back to it as well, but the, the, to where the winner gets something out of it. You know, the, what, what it used to be the, the winner of the All Star game got home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah. But people hated that. Hated that. I know people you hate it. it. You hate it until Fans you realize that, that, like, I would watch the MLB All Star game every year because I, I knew there was something on the line. You know, yeah. you, you hate it, and it, make, it doesn't really make sense, but at least it, it, like, if you did that, people would watch. Well, remember, and I always had to point out at that because remember, baseball used to just rotate home and who who got home field. They yeah. go from American to national, American mm-hmm. to national. It didn't matter who had the better record. No, 
because it's baseball. But that was just the old way of doing it. Yep. So, you know, you, you, you had no control over who was going to have home field anyhow. It always should have been team with the best record gets home field in the, uh, right in the World that. Series. But so baseball said, okay, well, we just rotate it anyhow. We'll just put something on the line, which I know because people thought it was about best record. It was not. Uh, but that rule. But, but to Ty's point, I mean, Ty's a Rangers fan. We're Astros fans. You know, if it, if it went back to that, then all of a sudden you, you, if you're, the Rangers might be back in the World Series again. You want home field in that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what they can do. It's just, uh, you know, when, when the commissioner's begging his players to give some effort and they still won't, that's, that's some BS, and that's hard to, that's hard to overcome. I mean, I, I don't think over. money, like offering them guaranteed money if you win, is going to make a difference either. It, it has to be something. You, you get something competitively out of it, you know, like a, yeah, a, a competitive advantage somehow. Um, yeah, well, I, honestly, I, I think – Every sport now is dealing with, with this to a certain extent. I mean, every sport has to change their all-star game. So we just may be dealing with a different generation of athlete and a different ecosystem of entertainment now where these all-star games, they're just they're more of a burden than they're a benefit showcases. now. Well, I, get yeah, the, you know I will mean? give the NFL I mean, credit. You NHL know. changed theirs. NFL changed theirs. Right. Who hasn't changed theirs? Yeah. Who hasn't tweaked it and had to tweak it because they realized there's just not enough interest and they can't necessarily generate yeah. the interest well i'll say this that the nfl you know what's funny about this year's nfl i did watch the flag football game and it was pretty fun yeah peyton and eli over there yelling at the officials i mean it got yeah. pretty heated but at least i mean because they realize you know what we can't the pro bowl is a shell of itself and it's actually a bad right. product so just go to a flag football game and that's what people are saying now about the also game are we at the point now where it's just a bad product and do something else yeah do something else are we at that point now I just yeah. can't believe the professional athletes can't. Okay, give us a quarter. Give us the fourth quarter of intensity. That's it. Twelve minutes. Let's go. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go party in Indianapolis. I'm off for the week. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I got to make I mean, too much money. Luca was idea. shooting like half court shots in the second. I know. Quarter. They don't care. It's pretty obvious the players don't care. Yeah. They're trying to show you guys they do not care. Yeah. They're just not that into it. That's exactly right. <laughs> They're just not that into we'll it. We'll be back. We roll on. Of course, uh, we'll talk Texas hoops coming up. Rod's take us behind the Burnhorns curtain. Longhorns get a nice win last night. It wasn't pretty, but it was a W. Had to have it uh, on your home floor. We'll talk about it coming back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.